Okay, so I was thinking about this talk because <clears throat> I was in the process of just going through conference and things. I like to be able to have a few topics in mind whenever I start doing the early morning devotional time with my family. So <clears throat> I like to be able to choose from like general conference or Book of Mormon or Come Follow Me. So Come Follow Me is like a cycle of like different um, current manuals that um, like as members of the Church of Jesus Christ that we use that's like this really easy to follow like kind of like daily devotional curriculum. Um, it's really cool. It's like marked out. There's like 52 topics so that it's and it's specific to this date to this date. So it'll say like, you know, January 3rd to January 5th or something for that year, right? So it's very nice and specific. Lots of really beautiful pictures. So this year we went through the Doctrine and Covenants. But anyways, I was always talking about General Conference. It became really clear as I was like kind of scanning through. I'm like, oh, which talk would I love to just like revisit and just like love to just soak in for a little bit longer. And especially just do it like with my kids. So then I'm like, oh, I like the one, the title just popped right out at me. I was like, ooh, I feel like if I just studied this one talk for the next six months, like I just feel like I'd be good, right? <laughs> and so the, the topic was the things of my soul by Elder Rasband. And I was just so, I hope it's Rasband. I always get Renlin and Rasband mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's Rasband. And I was so smitten as I was going through it. Um, because it's one of those talks where I have to go through it like at least three times. The first time I go through it, it's just like it speaks so de deeply and dearly to me that it's almost as if everything they're saying, it's as if they were just drawing out from my heart the things that I would like to say anyways. But they were the ones that said it, right? So then in some ways, like the first time going through, it's just like feeling totally... Um, just connected, right? And so I'm just like, oh, that's really sweet. Then the second time I go through, it's usually just to like kind of get in some of those like specific questions that I have because like I know that mostly through his talk, he mostly just focused on seven ideas and like principles and things that he follows personally to be able to feel the closest to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And then he invites the audience like, you know, me to be able to think of three more things that would be on my list kind of thing. And he doesn't even say like, oh, well, you should just make your whole, your own whole new list, right? But he just gives the prompt for three, right? So he keeps it nice and simple. That's really sweet. And then, um, so as I was going through the second time, my question was like, oh yeah, well, like he talks about all these things that he likes, but then... Um, I wonder what he was talking about before that. And then as I went deeper into what he was doing before that, I was like, oh yeah, he was talking about Nephi and he was talking about all these people and how they use the term things throughout the scriptures to describe the things of their heart and their soul and things like that. And how at first he was thinking, well, is things even like, uh, like worthy of the scriptures? But he like goes through and he's like, yeah, it's, it's that word is used like hundreds of times. So don't, don't feel bad about using that word. And then, and then he goes on to ask this like very poignant question to me. I just love these three questions. Like these questions just like, mm, it just hits it right 
it just hits the spot, right? It's like, what things do you ponder? What things really matter to you? And what are the things of your soul? And it was just kind of a funny moment to me because typically those questions are kind of the type of questions that I usually ask whenever I'm kind of in a state of like, oh, well, I really want to think deeply. And then I also want to encourage other people to. So I usually do ask similar kind of questions whenever I'm opening up discussion, especially in the chat group kind of space. I usually say like, what are you pondering? Like what's on your heart and mind and those kinds of things. But I really like the very specific way that in these questions, it's like, what things do you ponder? What things really matter to you? What are the things of your soul? And it was fun having it asked to me right? Having somebody else totally take on the listener mode and be like, well, what are yours? And I was like, Ooh, what are mine? And it's been kind of neat. So as I've been cycling that through in my heart and my mind for the last 24 hours, I feel like I'm finally getting to a place of like feeling like I can articulate it because basically at first when I was going through, I was like, Oh, it probably has something to do, you know, cause I'm, I'm thinking about my three things as well. I'm thinking about my three things that I would add to the list of things in my soul. And it was funny how the first thing that came to mind was like automatically, it's like, oh yeah, well like yoga's for sure up there, right? Like absolutely. Like that's just something that I do that I feel like whenever I do it, it just frees my heart and spirit and mind and soul. Like it, it just gives me this level of feeling very, very open and free, right? Like I love the feeling of flexibility. That's one of my favorite top feelings of receiving this body on the earth is to feel what it feels like to feel flexible, right? And to feel like free and without barriers whenever I'm, I'm given a physical challenge. Because I think a lot of the time when people are given physical challenges, you know, you think about, oh, well, that person could probably do that challenge because they're really strong. Or that person could do that challenge because they might have a good cardio, you know, strength, right? Because they're a runner. But I feel like I am able to do a lot of physical challenges, not because I'm super strong or very cardio, like, able, but because I'm super flexible. So it's like, because I have the, this level of flexibility, I can maneuver and, and endure and go through many different physical challenges in a way that is very fluid and flowing. Um, so that I don't get worn out or I don't get, um, injured or like, you know, like I, I do physical challenges in a way that is, is honoring to my body, right? Like, and respecting it as a temple, right? And so like, it doesn't matter to me really when I do challenges, if I actually make it or not, or like get the top, whatever, what matters most to me is that I'm like strengthening and honoring my body as a temple, right? And I feel like yoga has been such a great practice to teach me how to really have a strong testimony of that. And like the benefits that I can feel in my heart and soul when I when I live up to that. Um and then and then it got me on the on the path of thinking, well like, okay. So like, so then, but what though? Like, what is, how does that all intertwine? You know, the things of my soul. And then I just thought, oh, you know what? Because I think sometimes I get really caught up with my own life and my own world. And I think to myself, of like, I kind of get stuck into this like one frame of mind. It's like, well, if I already feel that great when I do yoga, 
then do I really need anything else? Like I always, you know, go and question everything, right? And so as I'm pondering his seven points of things of his soul, it dawned on me, I was like, you know what? I realize why I love yoga so much, especially as I kind of compare and contrast with his list. Because one of the things on his list, like first he starts out, he's like, love Heavenly Father, love others, love yourself, and he keeps going, right? He, and then he talks about keeping the commandments, being worthy of a temple recommend, um, and like having joy and cheerfulness, those kinds of things. Um, and, and then, and so then I thought to myself, I'm like, why is it that I would just love to just focus on yoga? Because like, really that, that is my focus. It's like so much my focus. I love everything to do with it. Right. And, and it's so worthwhile to me that I love to even build a business around it. Right. And I was like, why is it like, why is it that it's just so important to me? And, and you know, like I was just wondering that to myself because sometimes people can get into this thought process where they're like, they love this one thing, but it might be difficult for them to see how does this fit in with me, for example, being a member of the church, right? Like where, where does this fit in? Right? Like, is it one or the other? Is it like, you know, or is there something that, that kind of gels the two, right? And so for me, it was like, I'm pondering all of this and I'm like, you know what? I think I get it. Because when he talked about loving ourselves as others and like noticing the divine within us in the way that Heavenly Father notices it, I just thought like that just rang true to me. I was like, oh, that's namaste. That's like totally what we say at the end of a yoga practice or that we were taught to say, you know, that's been passed down by the Indian culture, um, like as they've passed yoga down, right? It's all about like, you know, at the end of the practice, it's like you're with all these people that you're practicing with and you say namaste as, as like a form of saying, of respect saying, I notice the, the divine in me notices the divine within you kind of thing. And that's, that's basically it. It's like yoga is so beautiful because there's there's not a lot of practices in the world that are as inviting to me anyways as yoga to really um step into the realm of loving myself and noticing the divine within me in a way that is um that gets me right like that gets me into a state of wanting to do it every single day of my life maybe not even just once a day but like at least six times a day if I could right like you know and and just feeling like I'd love to right it's almost like finding your favorite smoothie recipe or your favorite like salad or your favorite whatever healthy treat kind of thing right where it's like you just can't believe that this is a healthy thing to eat and that if you have more of it it'll it'll nourish your body even more. And you just, you're just in this constant state of like, am I dreaming? Like, am I in heaven? Like, because how could I love something that is so good for me? Right. (laughs) And I think that's exactly it. So sometimes I get into these tizzy modes where I'm like, well, why, why do I love yoga so much? And then now I have the answer. It's like, well, of course though. Right. It's one of a lot of the commandments, right? It's one piece of the whole puzzle of the restoration, right? Like it's, it's understanding that this is how great I feel by just following one commandment, right? The commandment to love ourselves as others, right? Like, isn't that incredible? And then, you know, because we understand the whole gospel, the restore, the restored gospel, it's like, isn't that incredible that one person could feel that great by just one commandment, by just aligning to one true principle, 
So then just think how much more incredible a person could feel and become by aligning, by becoming open to all the other true principles and, and commandments and things like that so that they can receive not just the blessings of following one commandment, but the blessings of following all of them, right? Like that's, that's what turns us from a little G kind of God to a big G kind of God, right? Like that is that process, right? So yes, it's awesome that I can feel awesome when I do yoga and things like that. And it's not like it's a bad thing. Absolutely not. It's a great thing to enjoy the, the, the complete unlimited eternal blessing of following one commandment, right? Absolutely. And it's so important to not just focus on the one piece of the puzzle, right? Like that's, that would, if I were to just focus on that, then it would just be going backtracking back into apostasy, right? It's just like taking that one puzzle and be like, I just need the one puzzle. I'm okay. I don't need all the pieces of the puzzle, right? When really it's like, no, like that's like saying, you know, like you show up on Christmas day and Heavenly Father, Heavenly Mother's there and they have all these presents ready for me to open, right? And it's basically like if I just opened up the first present and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, peace out, like I'm done. Like I'm not ready to spend the rest of the day with you opening up all the presents that you have for me. I'm not ready to spend time having family dinner. I'm not ready to do anything else. I'm just going to take this and leave, right? Like that's not (laughs) what we're doing here, right? We are here to do so much more than we think. And, And I'm just so glad that that as a yoga teacher of like, I don't know, the last 11, 12 years or so, that I can be in a state right now to be like, well, yeah, like, this is a beautiful thing. And let's, let's have more beautiful things. Let's not stop there at one beautiful thing. Let's, let's be a little bit more curious. Let's be a little bit more um, open-minded. Let's be a lot more considerate of our eternal self and our eternal relationships with our eternal family here. And let's, Let's make the most of not just making one type of lemonade here, right? Let's see all the different combinations of lemonade that we could sell at this lemonade stand, right? Like, you know, I I like to bring in so many different analogies and images, but that's kind of where I'm going with this is like, I just feel so grateful that I could listen to that talk and just get a little bit more in tune with the honesty factor of like, yeah, well, the things of my soul are almost always connected with yoga, right? But, and that's awesome. Like, that's awesome that that's where I'm at. And then I was talking, and then as I was cycling through, I was like, but why is his list so big when my list is so small, right? Like, it's, I'm, I'm still, like, I'm just at one, right? Like, how could he have seven things, right? And then I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? That's really cool. Like, what if one day I get to the point in my life where I don't just feel this great about yoga, I feel this level of great about all the other things, right? About even some of all the other things that he has on his list, right? Where he has it as, you know, loving Heavenly Father and loving others and keeping them, you know, all of that, right? And I was like, ooh, that is a cool thing to look forward to, It's not to say that it's right or wrong that I have one thing and he has seven, right? And and he understands that too, right? He says, just choose, like, try to think of three more, right? So I'm in the process of just choosing one 
out of three things is the just the basic challenge, right? Before I can even get to the point where I could challenge myself beyond three and be like, well, let's think of my own seven, right? Let's think of my own 10. Let's think of my own hundred, whatever, right? But it starts with one, right? That's just how this process works. By small and simple things are great things brought to pass. So that's kind of my two cents to to start me in the direction of thinking in this way of of just opening my mind to the possibilities. And I'm really excited about that. <laughs>